0: Okay, I want to uh, share a little word tonight, and the, the title of this message is, is, The Main Thing is Love. I want to share about love being the main thing in the life of a Christian or in the church today. In the Old Testament, they had the truth and the law. Jesus came in the New Testament, and John, uh, John the first chapter, verse 14, tells us he came with truth and, and grace but I believe grace can be translated to love because grace comes from love. And the Old Testament brought the truth and law, had, the, had the law and the truth, but that brought death. The New Testament, we have truth or love or grace, and that brings life. That brings eternal life and abundant life. If we teach truth and the law, it'll bring condemnation and people will run from God. But if we preach the truth with love, people will become convicted and they'll repent and run to God. You know, the Bible says that people repent because of the goodness of God. So as we give them the love of God and the goodness of God, they'll repent and come to God on their own. So this shows me, though, that love or grace is the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And that love is the main thing or the most important thing in the New Testament Christian's life, and in the New Testament church. We found that whatever we do in ministry, uh, that the greatest thing is love. Love is greater than money. It's greater than success. It's greater than being famous, and anything else that we can think of. Uh, Now, the love I'm talking about is not just the love that we hear about in the world, but it's God's love that Paul explained to us in 1 Corinthians 13. In verses 4 to 7, this is God's love. It's agape love. It's God's love. It never ends. It's always good. It's never, I mean, it's unconditional love. This is the love that's the greatest in the whole wide world. This is what we want to use as a Christian in our life, in our family, in our church, in our ministry. Amen? Yeah. That, verses 4 through 7, say love is patient." Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of any wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That is God's love. That is the characteristic of God's love. That is the love that should be the main thing in our life as a Christian but is it <laughs> amen that's the greatest scripture i believe in the bible that it's the one great need that we need in our lives as a christian and in the church today it's that kind of love we need more love to love god and we need more love to love each other if each of us could apply all those verses, four through seven, that's a small amount of verses. If we could apply those to our life, we would be the greatest church in the world. If everybody in here did, this would be the greatest church in the whole wide world. People would be flocking to this church because of so much love in this church. Amen? Yeah. You have only one life to live here. I learned that from Pastor Ron. You only have one life. And that life... You have to learn how to love with God's love. What's the greatest thing that we should desire? What should we seek? The greatest thing to desire and seek is love. Chapter 13 is the heart of Christianity. It's God's love. And I want to tell you three things tonight that we need to know about God's love. The first thing we need to know, we must know how to understand God's love for us. And once we understand it, we need to to learn how to enjoy His love. The first thing you need to understand is that God loves you and you need to enjoy it. You should be happy in God's love. If you truly understand God's love, you'll be happy. It doesn't matter what comes your way in your life. If you know how much God loves you, you're going to be happy. Amen? Y'all are awful quiet. Yes. <laughs> Amen? Yes. We should be happy. That's right. Psalms 100, verse 1 and 2 says, Shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth worship him. With gladness come before him with joyful songs. We should all be happy. Why should we be happy? Why should we be thankful? Because verse 5 gives us the answer right there. It says, for the Lord is good, <laughs> and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. God is good. God loves us. That's the good news of the Bible. And that's what Paul was praying for the Ephesians, the church in Ephesians. In, in Ephesus, God was praying for them, in Ephesus Chapter 3, verse 17 to 19, he says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts when you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have, I pray, he's praying, and may you have the power to understand. As God's people should, we should know already. Amen? We should know God's love already. We should know that he's praying. He, we should have the power to understand how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Truly, if we understand and know God's love, we learn that there is no height. There is no depth. There is no width. There is no length to God's love because it's, I don't even know how to say it. There is no end to God's love. There is no beginning. There's no end. It's everywhere. Romans 5, 5 tells us that he pours that love into our hearts. A lot of people have that love in their heart, but they never use it. He is the source of our love. We must understand that God loves us, and then we must enjoy it. If we don't understand this, we cannot love our our brothers and sisters like Jesus loves us. We'll never learn to love them like he loves us unless we know how he loves us. We can't use the love in chapter 13 in our life unless we know how much God loves us. When we understand how much God loves us and then we'll enjoy God's love no matter what's going on in our life, we'll know that he's in control of us. We know that we're his children. We know that he loves us just like we are. We know that he'll be there for us. We know that no matter what we face or what we hit or what comes against us, we know that he's still there with us and we know that we'll follow him and he, we can follow him and have joy in it all. Jesus told us, have joy, John 16, He says, have joy. Yeah. You're going to have trials, temptations, trouble. We're going to have troubles. But he loves us because he conquered the world already, and so now we can be happy. Yeah. <laughs> we can be happy in his life. Number two, <laughs> we must, once we know and understand his, his, his love and, and we enjoy his love, the second thing, we must live a life of love. Yeah. We see in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, Paul is teaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then call, Paul comes to chapter 13 and he shows us a better way. That's what Paul says in the last verse in chapter 12 and verse 31. He says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way or show you a better way. Chapter 13, Paul shows us that excellent way. Paul says to desire the gifts, but let me show you a better way in chapter 13. He's teaching that we we, we should not use the gifts of the Holy Spirit unless we use them with love. Paul is saying there's a wrong way to use the gifts and then there's a right way to use the gifts. We see in in many churches, even today, some people are seeking and using the gifts of the Holy Spirit without love. The first part of chapter 13, Paul teaches us about the gifts and the gifts without love are useless, worthless, worthless. And at the end of the chapter, Paul tells us. Paul is teaching the importance of the gifts for the body of Christ, but they must be used with love. Paul does not say that they're not important, but the gifts are important. But love is more important. He's saying don't abuse the gifts to the church. We've seen a lot of abuse in the last seven years in Thailand. We've seen churches work with churches and and all of a sudden they turn. They begin to prophesy to manipulate and control people. If they don't do what they say, they prophesy. One prophet told a guy to go sell it or give his company to the church and draw a salary from the church. Fortunately, this guy was wise enough and told him no way. And he went and told his pastor and the pastor kicked the prophet out and never let him come back. Praise God. They prophesy and they control and they manipulate. And then if they don't do what they say, they ignore them till they leave. That's not love. This is why Annie and I are now helping to establish sound doctrines and foundations with love in these churches that we're working with today and discipling and ministering in. We're getting them to know the right way. As a matter of fact, we're using Life Shape 1, 2, and 3. We're using that to teach them true foundations. I teach it to Bob in church in Iraq. I teach it to Bob at church in Iraq and, 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 and Buriram. And he, I'd get, teach him one lesson. He breaks it down to three lessons. Then he goes and preaches it everywhere he goes in his church. And then he goes, to, he's preaching it in Nepal this weekend. Life shape. Whoop. Maybe nobody else took it and went, but we took it. <laughs> Amen. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be used in the church today, to edify the church, but they need to be used in the right way. They must be used with love. No love, no gain. We cannot live this love on our own. We must ask and have the Holy Spirit to help us. But this is our goal. This is our desire. This is what we want as a Christian. We want to seek love before we seek the gifts. The best gift to seek is love. That's what Paul says in, in the last verse in chapter 13. He says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest is love. Yes, amen. The greatest thing in the world is love. Yes. This is the love we need today. That's what brings us. We must make sure, the third point is we must make sure that love is the main thing. Don't forget, God is love. A life without love is a life without God. Hello. A church without love is a church without God. Because he is love. In John 13, Jesus is teaching his disciples in verse 34. He tells them to love others like he loves them. And, and in verse 35, he says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. According to Jesus, this love that he's wanting us to love each other and in and, and, and our lives and to each other, you can see it. You can, I can see Pastor Ron's love for us. I can see your love for us. By your actions, you've shown me that you love me. You can see it. Love must have action. You can see that action. Let me give you another definition. Love is choosing to do what is better for another person than yourself. Hello. When you consider others more than yourself, you're using God's love. You know, seven years ago, Annie had a mini-stroke. And I knew love, and I was, you know, I I knew all about love and considering others before myself. And I did a pretty good job at it through our lives and what we've done in ministry. But I learned how to really consider someone more than myself when Annie got sick seven years ago. I learned how to carry her to the shower. To do things that she couldn't do, I had to do. I learned how to take care of her and cook for her, clean the places like she cleaned. And nobody can clean like Annie, and I still can't, but I do it and I attempt to do it and try to do it. (laughs) And over that first four, three, four, five years, I mean, I did everything that she ever did, I did it for her. I learned to consider her more than myself. I learned to consider her more than our ministry. I was ready. To, if she didn't make it, we would, we would have quit seven years ago. I wouldn't put ministry above her. I wouldn't leave her. One time she told me, well, just go find you another man, another woman, and you'll be happy. She can take care of you. I, can't. I said, what? <laughs> I'm stuck with her until we go to heaven. There ain't going to be no other woman. I felt like the disciples, when Jesus told them, well, you can leave too. I said, I ain't got nowhere to go. (laughs) I'm with her. 48 years, tell me, go find another woman. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Lord, help us. (laughs) I wouldn't know what to do with them anyway. (laughs) 71. (laughs) No, you're okay, honey. I love you. I knew knew you really didn't mean it. You were just trying to get at me. But anyway, (laughs) I learned how to put her ahead of me. (laughs) Love is an action. you got to have action. Actions that put others' good and needs above our own. Love is not a feeling. Love is a decision on how we're going to treat one another. Jesus was our example. Yes. Jesus showed us to love, showed us love by loving everyone, including His enemies. Jesus died for all of us. So we must follow that example of Jesus. and of Paul, so where is our love level today? Where's your love level today? Well, I'm not going to go through it, but a good way to examine where your love level is, is to take verses 4 to 7. And everywhere it says love, put your name there. Like, Ralph is patient. Ralph is kind. Ralph is not envy. Ralph does not boast of those things. You know, you go through it until you find something that you're, you're having trouble with. You know, sometimes I get the Ralph is not anger. Angrily, easily angered, I have a little problem sometimes when I'm driving and the, 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 everybody, you know, the ties, they like to cut in front. They'll never go to the wide side. They go to the narrow side. They go to the front and cut in front and do this. And I found out this same way here in America. <laughs> Just the same. So I have, to, I have to test my anger. I have to pray, Lord, Lord, help me in this area. But it's a way to find out where you really are in this love, Amen. Maybe some of you need prayer tonight to know God's love more. Maybe you need God's help to live your life in love or to make God's love the most important thing in your life. Maybe there's some here tonight that don't even know God's love. Maybe there's some watching on the internet that don't know. God's love. If you don't know it, you can. It's really easy. It's not hard. I've heard people try to drag people to the altar, <laughs> trying to get them saved, and nobody could understand it because they didn't explain it. It's just real easy. Romans 9, 10, Romans 10, 9, and, 9 and 10 is real easy. If you openly declare that Jesus is your Lord, believe in your heart. If you believe in your heart, I'm not talking in your brain, but if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you do that, truly believing in your heart, you'll be made right with God, it says, and by openly, openly declaring your faith, you will be saved. It's that simple. It's not hard. If you're looking... From the internet, I'm telling you, it's real easy. Believe Jesus is God. Open your heart. Pray and receive him in your heart, in your life, and you will change. Yeah. I did. Everybody, most everybody in this room probably did. Yeah. But there might be one that hasn't. If you're here tonight and you want to know this love and haven't ever known it, and want to receive Jesus in your heart, when we're finished tonight, come see me. And I'll talk to you, and we'll talk about Jesus, and we'll, we'll talk about being saved, and you'll be changed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Enjoy God's love. Yeah. Embrace a life of love. Ensure that that love is the main thing. Amen? Amen. Thank you.